0: Our occasional series of interviews with repairers continues now with a focus this time on vintage clothing. Gracie Matthews offers a variety of costume and sewing services, her skills honed by many years working on and hiring out costumes for theatre and film, mainly in Australia. In 2010, she and her partner moved from Sydney to the Clevedon Valley and now she often travels the country offering sewing and repair workshops. She thanks her mother for passing on her sewing skills while Gracie was young.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, My mum... Um was one of 11 children so hand-me-downs and um, remakes and repurposing was probably in her DNA <laughs> she was the third oldest of the 11 children all born in the during the depression It was probably something that was quite standard in most households during that time so when I came on board mum was still sewing and using her singer 201 that she got for a 21st and I have vivid remem- memories of uh, having my afternoon nap while she was sewing on the sewing machine right next to her and I would go to sleep with the sound of the machine ticking away and uh, I would be s- sorting her buttons that was what she would get me to do she'd tell me oh, I need red button today and I'd have to spend You know, the afternoon playing with playing with the buttons and getting the ones that she wanted. I'm sure it was just to keep me occupied. But my mum also took on um, one of the first opportunity shops within the church that she was with at the time, and so secondhand clothing was just part of uh, growing up. There was always something special, and she was always adapting things and getting fabric in and. Uh, was always end of pieces and I was always amazed at what she could actually make with her bits of fabric that she had so when I got old enough to get my first Barbie and Barbie camper the first thing I wanted to do was replace the plastic sleeping bags <laughs> that my poor Barbie was sleeping in and um, so I fashioned some fabric yeah sleeping bags for my Barbie at the age of seven or eight or something, and. Mum let me use the sewing machine, she pressed the pressed the knee pad and I sat on a knee and away we went. So I always did like being around what she was doing and um seeing how she would make ends meet basically through fabric and mending dad's trousers and making really big hems on all our skirts and and trousers so when we got taller she would just let the hems down and they'd be folded three or four times. And always wondered why they were really thick and heavy at the beginning, but as I got taller, the fabric got lighter and the hems got lighter because there was less fabric in them. Um, <laughs> so did she
0: teach you? Did she teach you how to sew and how to mend, or did you learn more by watching her? Because I know you did a fashion technology course, so you got some practical yeah, skills yeah. there. But it feels like you know your mum was definitely the starting point.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, it was she made our school uniforms, and I was always. I was always around and it was always my job to find the right buttons and to find the right trims and things to go with something. And well, the only things that I did really well at high school was art and textiles. But I remember that holidays I made my school uniform, my senior skirt uniform on my own in case I decided to go back to school. At the same week I went to the local TAFE, um, Technical Further Education, which is what's in New South Wales and Sydney, and signed up for fashion technology for a two-year full-time course and it was all about the industry side of fashion it wasn't a design course it was a fashion thing that day I remember going home and telling my mom and dad that said oh I've just signed off school and I've decided to do a fashion course thinking that you know I was going to be in big trouble So anyway, I went in 60 students. I was the second youngest of 60 students. And within the first 12 weeks, probably about a third dropped out. And there was four of us that got pulled aside after the first 12 weeks. We had topped all of the students in that thing. So I thought, right, I must be doing something right. So I finished my course and did pattern making and grading, industry techniques, What I really loved doing was theatre and stage costumes and so forth. So I ended up getting myself involved with an amateur theatre group. And um, that was really interesting because there was a lot of mending, a lot of repairs, a lot of upcycling and adapting something within a limited space or a limited budget because there was no budget. So I very much learnt how to adapt and use the skills the skills that we learnt in the fashion technology course the industry skills and reworked those skills into really good mending ideas or repairing or being able to change things without spending a lot of money if we fast forward then to to now the fashion
0: industry is much more aware now and the world is of course of wastage of the of the cost of fast yeah. cheap fashion yeah so are you finding yeah. that you're hearing more from people who want to repair vintage or just the yes. garments that they love I mean have you have you noticed that what in the last decade in the last few years
1: absolutely the last few years since the lockdown since COVID and uh it's been really interesting. And just leading up to, to COVID, since I've moved over here and um started reinventing what I do for work and careers, I found that repairing and mending has come into its own and so many things are online that you can see people fixing things. But the problem was is that this generation of adults never got sewing at school. So and they were they've always been brought up in the throwaway society. And since when COVID's hit, all of a sudden they can't just buy something online and have it delivered within three days. This just hasn't happened. And they've been forced to, oh, well, hang on, maybe I can get it adjusted or maybe I can change it a little bit out. or maybe I can't replace those jeans. Maybe I should get them fixed. And that's what's come back into the repairs and the sustainable fashion because also their children are learning about sustainability at school a lot more these days especially the teenagers of the last probably three or four years five years it's very ingrained in them now that you know you need to really think about what you want to buy and you just can't go and replace it anymore because it's just not available to do that And embellishing in um, and making really interesting patchworks or sashiko Japanese-style mending is really, really quite popular. It's basically just a running stitch in and out, up and down, even stitches, and it's um, stitched in lines and, and gridded across a mend and maybe with a fabric underneath to bring up the fabric in under things and the and the stitching threads are contrast usually or are blended colors of what the garment it already is so it just gives some extra texture and depth to the garment it also tells the story Um, I always think that holes and damage to clothing should be celebrated and not hidden because there's always a story behind the ripped jeans you know I did this when I jumped the fence or, you know, there's always a story behind people's mending. Um, So I always find that there's no point trying to hide it and celebrate it. So I've a couple of years ago, I was invited to be part of um, New Zealand fashion week with my hand crank sewing machines. And we did some mending classes there and it was pretty much just doing hand stitching like the Sashiko running stitch and a bit of a blanket stitch around the hole with putting a bright colour in underneath to celebrate the hole as opposed to trying to hide it. People who come to you with really
0: loved garments that maybe have had
1: something oh, catastrophic happen. Yeah, I mean, can yeah. you give us a couple of examples it's, it's, of those? Yes, uh wedding dresses, heirloom wedding dresses that are usually uh, second generation or even grandmother wedding dresses um, that... They want to keep the integrity of the gown and so I have to be very careful on doing any repairs and mending on it so it's not changed yet on the same token making it fit the new person that's wearing it as well. Beautiful fabrics and the story is already there and I'm just there to help celebrate and give it another purpose I guess. I've had people come through with children's clothing that have all of a sudden decided to go to the grandchildren. They've kept them so long and there's been some really interesting wanting to mend things.
0: Even for some of the repairs I imagine, say if you're needing to enlarge um, a garment or adapt it in some way and you're wanting vintage materials, because of all the things we've been talking about, you know, this move to repair and 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 not necessarily buy new materials, is it getting harder for you to source um, good quality yes, textiles? It,
1: yeah, yes, it is. It is. It is really hard to find it, and you really have to you have to be the right place at the right time. Um, I'm on a few vintage Facebook pages, and there's always posts of people going, oh, "Look what I found! Can't believe I found this! I've been trawling for something like this for years." and because I work, I, my career has mainly been in costume. I have been trawling shops for decades looking for pieces that would be a particular era or a particular style for a particular character in film or plays or stage shows or, or that sort of thing. And also too, I'm looking for fabrics that i could use to maintain and repair items that i've already got in my system um, and in my collection and uh, yeah it's it's that moment of always trying to find it um we haven't had a text uh, vintage textile fair in auckland for a number of years now because of you know what and that's usually the best place to to find because everybody that's involved with vintage textiles goes to these event either as to sell product or to buy product and it's good good chance that you'll find what you're looking for in in fabric or a piece that is so well is so damaged that it's beyond repair, but the material in it is really good for another project that's happening, and that's always a good thing to to go looking for sometimes I do I have got garments here that are vintage you know beautifully made but are so in disrepair that for me to mend them and to try to unsell them it it, the cost would be just too much but I can't let them go (laughs) I can't let them go back into landfill because they're just too beautiful and there's too much love in there
0: I mean, talking about joys and emotion, I imagine, Gracie, for you, when somebody comes in and you have achieved that perfect invisible mend on the garment, they put it on, it fits perfectly, they can't see where perhaps it was damaged or the moths had got yeah. to it. I know that's something you get really yeah. concerned about. Um, and, yes. they, and they put it on. I can picture some people with tears because it's a very emotional thing. This garment, they wanted repaired. They wanted it repaired for a reason. Mm
1: yeah because that connection is there and it's there's nothing worse than going in your wardrobe and finding that there's moth holes in your favorite thing and i have done a lot of invisible mending and it is very it's it's an art form in itself there's it's a skill in itself i think i'm pretty good but i know that there's others out there that are better and it's a matter of pulling the right threads from the seam allowance inside the garment so you have to get inside the garment and if it's a tweed or a a tartan or something like that, they're always hard because you have to pull the exact same colored thread from somewhere within the garment that's not going to be seen like a facing and they could only be short pieces. So you're weaving with a magnifying glass and you'll be weaving the exact weave of a thread that's only about five or six centimeters long that you've pulled out of the inside of the garment somewhere and you're weaving it straight through that moth hole and making sure the ends are pulled in underneath so it disappears and then you have to get and do the next strand and then you have to do the next strand and then you have to do the weft like you're doing the warp and the weft like the top threads and the side threads and you have to make sure that it's the same weave if it's a standard weave, or if it's a twill which is double twisted or three twisted or It's definitely an art form and I know that I've got three pairs of glasses now depending (laughs) on what the job is (laughs) because it sometimes and I have to have a break and I have to have it has to be clear nice bright days I can't do it at night time most people can't because it is so fine.
0: Clothing repairer Gracie Matthews a full interview is going up on our webpage. A live track guest after the news is playwright Tim Hamilton. plus new collections by poets James Brown and Briar Wood and a play about a worm in search of its abducted mother.